Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Well, 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 we are back. Man, did you see this? Uh, what do they call this? This Russian, China, Iran, fucking Venezuela you seen this, this alliance between all those countries? Like all the commies, the commie alliance? Basically, it's a commie <laughs> alliance, but man, they're all, they're, they're, they're together. They're linking up. They're like the Power Rangers when they link all of their special guys and turn into the superpower guy. One world government, one world power, right? Yeah, but they're, that's the wrong one world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The haves and the have-nots, that's what they want. Oh, man, that's, that's, that's what they want for here. Well, it's hilarious too, right? Because it's it's Russian backed alliance is what is the article that I read. But it's like, I mean, if you're if you're what is it, Jing, right? Jing, Jinping, 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 the Chinese guy. Yeah. If you're him, you're like, oh yeah, it's it's Russian backed. Like they're they're all the power. Not that Iran doesn't have some power and Venezuela doesn't have some power, yeah. but nothing compared to what China has. And Russia's just like, yeah, it's a Russian alliance. Yeah, but China's, uh, you know, they've been playing this. Uh... The next world war is not going to have any, you know, ammunition, blah, 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 blah. So they've been playing this game uh, 
kind of this Ninja Turtle game under the the sewers for years now. Well, it it won't, right? Like the next World War is going to be it's going to be fucking dirty. It's going to be it's not going to be like be shooting it. at us. It's literally going to be like closing down our bank, shutting off our power, closing off our sewer system, stopping our right like remember when you would siege not not you personally you you have never sieged a walled city but when you read about the sieging of walled cities right like yeah. you can siege a walled city with siege weapons and lose and lose guys until you get the you know get across the wall or you can literally just close them down and they get filled up with their own shit and they can't get any yeah. food and can't get any water like yeah. that's where we're at i mean china's buying up a uh, property tons of property here in the us so we've talked about that before so he that controls the food source is going to take control. Learn how to grow your own food. Learn how to hunt. Learn how to butcher. Learn how to preserve meat. Yeah. But why else are they saying uh, there's this huge push for the impossible meats? You know, everybody well, wants to be because vegan. Of, that's because of green, though. Because of the amount of methane and the amount of, and the amount of um, basically natural waste that comes from using farm animals for feed um, or for meat, right? If but how could, much of that is legit? Well, I mean, how much of it is legit? I mean, how much is can, the whole green deal? Like, well, yeah, but when you start to look at the actual amount of waste um, and and energy used to make meat, the amount of crops right that we grow just to feed the animals to turn it into meat, if they could really create a synthetic meat that was real, right? Like, it, it is it is a pipe dream, but cell phones were really shitty before they were cool. You know, right? Yeah. Like cell phones fucking sucked for a while. You're like, why would anybody carry this giant brick around that you have to plug into the wall and you can, you know, cost you $75 a minute. Yeah. But like that turned into what we have now today. So in theory, is it possible? Probably. I mean, everything's possible, right? Right. I guess you got to look at, I mean, everything that's, you know, genetically been modified over the years. How healthy is that for you? Well, and you we can't. Well, I mean, a carrot's been genetically modified, right? To a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's a weird, that's a weird, that GMO, right? Like, genetic, genetically modified is a, is a weird thing because carrots are supposed to be fucking gross. Like, carrots aren't, yeah. aren't sweet. Depends on the nutritional value. Yeah. So. And, that, and that's, a one, that's one when you read the Dorito Effect. The Dorito Effect is one of my favorite books about nutritional value because what it does is it, it goes into basically the amount of satiation that, that our food gives us is directly correlative to the amount of nutrition and micronutrients in that food, right? So when we start to genetically pick, not genetically alter, but just genetically choose and genetically breed fruits for their size and their speed rather than their flavor and their nutrient content, then all of a sudden we're eating a lot more of those foods and we're getting more calories of those foods because our body is trying to get more of the micronutrients inside of it, right? Yeah. I, I know I talked about the... um the experiments that they did in the third world nations where they took all of these little kids in these orphanages that had all of these micronutrient deficiencies and they put this weird smorgasbord out where they could eat like eel liver and all this weird shit. Right. But it was stuff that was specifically chosen to be super high in these micronutrients that the, all these kids were, were deficient on. So if kid a was super deficient on, you know, vitamin K2 he he would kind of slowly pick through the buffet and eat a little bit of stuff. But then when he found the food that was high in K2, let's say, you know, grass-fed butter, he would just gorge on grass-fed butter until his K2 levels were up. And then he would kind of settle back out and just eat kind of a balanced diet of, of the foods. Yeah. Like, 
that's a fucking little kid. Nobody's telling him to do that. That's his body doing that. So if you take that idea and you extrapolate that idea out to like, all right, let's say all you eat is shit food, right? Like you eat fucking Doritos, you eat KFC, you drink Mountain Dew, you eat donuts, you eat, you know, cereals, right? Like, let's say that's all you eat. Your body is driving for more micronutrients. So it's pushing you to eat more and more and more because it doesn't necessarily give a fuck how many calories it gets if it's low on K2, B12, B6, you know, C, whatever these, whatever these riboflavin, which a lot of niacin, people are, right? Um, what's the one that's in Brazil nuts? Silatonin, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, if you're, if you're low on some of these really random micronutrients, your body is going to drive you to keep eating and keep eating and keep eating. And it doesn't know if it doesn't, if it doesn't necessarily learn that Brazil nuts have this specific nutrient in it, it doesn't drive you towards Brazil nuts until you try Brazil nuts. And then it learns, Oh fuck that nutrient is in Brazil nuts. Yeah. And then you'll eat Brazil nuts until you, you get to a certain level and then you, you settle off. But if all you're ever eating is shit, it is constantly pushing you to eat more shit to get more micronutrients. And your body is just backing up with extra macronutrients. Right. It's just it's just loading fat on because if you're not burning those extra 2000 calories that you're eating every day trying to find those micronutrients, you're just getting you're just getting fucking fat. Yeah, that's what I see. I see this a lot in this country. But, man, I remember, uh, you know, serving a lot of kids, whether in the third world or whether even kids that in a program that's up in northern Wisconsin that we set up that uh, we're feeding the homeless. When we set that healthy food in front of them, you never saw kids run up and line up just to eat green and they were eating the leafy greens and not eating the cookies that were sitting on the table in front of them so yeah i mean you're right the body is going to crave it and it's going to gear and magnetize itself towards it but we live in a society where so many people just basically pile calories they get a craving they think it's a craving they just boom what is carbs and sugar right and they just get freaking fat because that's all you if if that's all you eat that's all your body knows it's it, it only knows the specific foods that you've eaten and if there's yeah. one 100th of the amount of a random riboflavin in ice cream as there is in spinach right but it doesn't yeah. know that there's 100 times as much in spinach it goes you have to eat 100 times more ice cream to get the amount of riboflavin yeah. i need for whatever this random nutrient is doing and that's just it's it's crazy. I mean, what I'm studying right now for my classes is uh, um, the effects. The last week was on the liver, how everything funnels through the liver and what foods are good for the liver, what isn't good for the liver. And if you take meat out, there's so many good nutrients and good fats in meat that affect the function of the liver and all the organs around it, then how the hell do the vegetarian lifestyle is not that, that healthy? So the vegetarian lifestyle can be healthy if you are a fucking scientist about it, but you have to be so on point to get all of the nutrients that you're not getting because you're not well, eating meat. Yeah, you're going to have to supplement You can do those. it, right? You can do it. You have you to can. supplement those, but any vegetarian I've talked to, they don't. No, they just eat, they eat uh, non-GMO Trader Joe's Cheetos. Yeah, it's... Non, not, you know, dairy-free like vegan and they're, Cheetos. And they're very unhealthy. Yeah. And there are some, there have been some UFC fighters that have done it, right? There have been some, they some bodybuilders that do it, but they're fucking scientists when it comes down to doing it. Yeah. The vegetarians I talked to are like, oh, you know, I had one uh, lady um, admit to me, son's teacher, but, 
she's an unhealthy vegetarian. Like, how's that work? Aren't you, are you a vegetarian to be healthy, or are you just a vegetarian because you're, you know... Ethics. Ethics, you don't want to kill an animal. So many people are so oblivious um, that they think that they're not eating meat because of their ethics, but they have no ability to extrapolate out what all, how many animals died or are misplaced from those grains that they eat and those soy those soybeans that they eat and all that shit, right? Like, there is... Um, there's no free lunch. Yeah. Every food that you're eating is, is, is killing something, right? right? Like they've now, they've now figured out that, that plants cry when they die. Like they release these basically a similar, um, not necessarily noises, but of vibrations that are like a cry when they Man. die. So like you're killing something. Yeah. They're, you know, I can kill one animal and my family can eat on it for, months or you can kill 500 animals you know small animals mice and gerbils and and bunnies and stuff like that while your combine is going through the field to pick your fucking soybeans for your for your tofu doesn't matter yeah you know and if we want like like seriously let's talk about red meat for two minutes people are fucking scared shitless of red meat every single study that shows red meat having any sort of negative implications on your health does not separate processed meats with added nitrates and nitrites oh, yeah. from natural red meats. So when they take and they actually separate those studies out that pull out the processed meats, right? Bacon, sausage, summer sausage, lunch meats, beef sticks, all this shit that has added nitrates and nitrites. Yeah. When they pull that out and you're literally just talking burger, steaks, roasts, stuff like that, the health negatives, the health implications go away. Right. And actually the benefits are amplified because it's actually good for your cholesterol to eat that good, clean red meat. So people, you know, there's another one you want to talk about cholesterol. People are like, oh, your, your cholesterol is high. Motherfucker, my HDL to LDL ratio is about six times what yours is. But my cholesterol is twice what yours is. My cholesterol is not high. We have the same LDL number, right? But my HDL is seven times what yours is, which yeah. HDL is high density lipoprotein. It's basically the positive part of cholesterol that moves nutrients throughout the blood. But a lot of people don't understand that. A lot no. of people I talk to are a lot of immediately. Doctors don't understand it. Oh, they it. don't, but the, they can push the statins on right away. And then oh, there's all these people on statins and side effects of statins. So the great cholesterol myth. You want to you want a fucking book. The cholesterol cholesterol myth or great cholesterol myth. Man, it abs it breaks everything down to these crazy if you're a female, you should absolutely never be on a statin ever, yeah. ever, because the only thing that the statin will do is will drop your cholesterol numbers. It does not actually implicate your death rate. You will not shorten your lifespan or lengthen your lifespan by adjusting your cholesterol. If you're a female, if you're a male, there's a little bit of adjustment that happens, but it isn't necessarily correlative as it increases the other things that can come from having low cholesterol. Right. The negatives that can come, come from having low cholesterol. Now, there is a small subset of people who have a genetic uh, mutation that just gives you really high cholesterol. Those are the people that need to be on some sort of like adjustment for their cholesterol, whether it's a statin or, or a healthier version of some sort of adjustment. Right. But that's like one in a thousand or one in 10,000. But you got to start with a diet. For those people, they don't. They can't. It's it, it's it. You you have a genetic deficiency or genetic polymorphism that makes it where 
your body creates five times as much of all cholesterol, good oh. and bad, as a normal person. Yeah, and that's but I that's mean, you're you're yeah. not you're likely not that genetic anomaly. Yeah, that's that's a high exception because yeah, there's yeah, one of my buddies has been talking about well, it runs in his family and whatnot, but the levels that he's telling me is like yeah, there's okay, you can manage this. So so there's there's the HDL, and then there's the LDL, and then inside the LDL. There is VLDL, very dense LDL. Um, those are the bad. And then the triglycerides are bad. And the numbers here are all ratio numbers. So it's your VLDL and your LDL to your HDL. Not necessarily the number itself, but the ratio of these numbers. And then the triglycerides are the really bad one. Triglycerides come from processed carbohydrates. Not from meats, not from fats. They come from processed carbohydrates. Yep. So like before, like, if you guys are, are, are on a statin or if your doctor is wanting to get you on a statin, just read the book. Read the book and take him some questions. You don't, don't go in there combative, right? Because if you go in there combative, 90% of doctors are dicks and they're going to come right back at you like, oh, fine, right? But take him some oh, yeah. questions because if you read this book, this book breaks the science down so tight and so clean that you will, you will question how much of your cholesterol number matters and then what you can do to actually improve the bad parts of your cholesterol and like i said if you're a female you should not be worrying about it at all i have a good friend of mine who she's an older woman and she's been on blood pressure medicine and something else a majority of her life um because she smokes and drinks 100 percent and her doc, she, she came to me with her cholesterol numbers, I think six years ago, five years ago. And she's like, my doctor wants to get me on cholesterol meds. I was like, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. I was like, you are a female, does not matter. And so she fought it and she fought it. And she brought me her numbers again about two years ago. And she's like, you know, they're not getting better, but they're not getting worse. So I'm like, just stay strong. Like, do not let her put you on cholesterol medication. I promise you. Well, guess what? Now she's dying from cancer. Jeez. So it doesn't. It would have fucked her up more than it ever than it ever would have benefited her. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I'm at a point where yes, yeah, some of these people are just like, whoa, the the doctors, they're doctors. They went to school for this, and you know, they have all this knowledge. Okay, let's not go down that rabbit hole. I mean, the the one thing that you can tell these people is doctors have about six to twelve hours of nutrition training total in their entire career, and they never update that. Oh, yeah. They never have to go back and get more training from that, first of all. Second of all, when doctors go get all of their new advanced training to keep their, their doctorate license, the majority of that is paid for by, like, prescription companies. Yeah. It's education, right? It's advanced education, continuing education. That's what they call it. Right? They're, we're, Western medicine's fucked. Western? Eastern? Western. Western. Western medicine's fucked. We're literally, we don't, we don't look at... Um, solving problems we look at, at at managing symptoms that's it oh yeah that's because there's money in managing symptoms but yeah it's funny because yeah i'm in this uh basically this master's fitness and health and or not fitness nutrition and health and basically that's what they said is like you know what doctors get less than you know six five to six percent of this after that they're just kind of told whatever and they got to promote whatever so so yeah Wow, the word that how do we even get in that <clears throat> rabbit? Oh, that rabbit hole. That was a mess. All right. Well, uh, the only other thing on the uh, 
the world today is I think we're going to be, by the time this comes out, it'll be after the midterm elections. So Yes, sir. So if you haven't done the uh, the, the absentee voting, um, guess what? Tuesday is a big day. Get Tuesday. out there, be informed. and Tuesday. I'm trying to think. I saw somewhere like 30% or 40% of their population has already absentee voted. Yeah. Somewhere in North Carolina. I, that's amazed to me. That That's wild. Yeah. I mean, we could have done it right up until Saturday yeah. here, but. I just, I'm a, I'm a sucker for punishment. I like waiting in the lines, you know. I feel like if I go and then my name's already checked off, at least I know like somebody's fucking with me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't know why I don't do it before, but I don't. Yeah, I think I was gone the presidential election, so I didn't get. Oh, this is my daughter's first year to vote. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. So, hopefully she's informed and. Yeah, she's probably not, but she'll be like, "Dad, who do I vote for?" So I get two. I get two votes. We're good. <laughs> you get two votes. Oh my god, I saw this before we move on to our actual topic today. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. I see this fucking YouTube ad. Right. And YouTube ads are outlandish. I'm almost ready to pay for paid YouTube so that my fucking daughter doesn't have to see all these bullshit YouTube ads. You know, she came up to me the other day. Dad, what's abortion? Because every YouTube ad is Scott Michaels would make abortion illegal. Even if you were raped or your uncle fucked you in the butt or whatever they fucking say. Right. Well, they've been playing that ad in every state. The Dems uh, paid like, I think, 30 some million to run the same ad on whoever the Republican candidate. So just, but so I see this ad and this ad comes up and it's like, you know, your crazy conservative uncle is going to vote. You make sure you go to vote. So he doesn't win. That's the ad. Wow. Make sure he doesn't win. Did you see the MAGA one? No, I didn't see the MAGA one. I have not seen that pop up again. It popped up once and it really is. They like created like five different MAGA characters and they're like, this is who you're going up against. And it shows like extreme MAGA characters like the dude in back of a limo with a big cigar with a MAGA hat on. It's like, you know, oh the the wealthy and elite or the, the MAGA people or the um the uh cut off sleeve flannel shirt with the mullet <laughs> out in the country middle of nowhere. So you got the hillbillies, you got the elites and all these MAGA people are, you know, they're oh supposedly they're crazy. They're violent. And they're gun toters. Yeah, there there was another dude that was like extreme 2a unabomber kind of, kind of guy god i still got to go back and read the unabomber's manifesto again i haven't read that in a while <laughs> that's a fucking that is an interesting document because oh. he like predicts a lot of the fucked up shit that's happening and that's yeah. why he wants to like blow everybody up was to like restart well wow. right like i i know i've talked about this on this podcast before but the older i get the more i can kind of commiserate with villains in a lot of these old school movies <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah like Oh, but the Unabomber isn't going to think he's going to bomb everything. I mean, come on, man. There's, you got to make a little change in the world for the positive. Can't blow up one uh, one city block. I mean, it'd be a lot quicker to just take us back down to about 20% of where we're at. The only thing is, how do you get that 20% to be the right 20%? Oh, that's what civil wars do. I mean, or follow me here. Oh we so uh, is it AI? No, we put <laughs> tribes. We put um. I'm trying to guess. I can't even it. fucking. I can't even say it with a straight face. We put uh sterilizing drugs in fast food. 
<laughs> oh, so she's gonna yeah, basically punish the uh, the lazy and weak. Yes, but it's got to be enough. St- it's got to be. It's got to be an accumulative steri- uh, sterilizing drug. So if you just randomly grab Culver's one night because you don't want to cook, like that's not gonna really do anything to you. But if you're eating fast food every single day, it adds up, and then True. in a few months you're sterile. I just solved a lot of fucking problems right there. Yeah, but the problem is a lot of those people have already had kids. Yeah, well, it, we're not going well, to be able to off kids. them right away. <laughs> God, I'm, that's bad. I'm going to delete that out of this podcast. Anyways. Speaking of villains. All right. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, telling, my, I was telling my daughter that Elon Musk is going to turn into either Tony Stark or one of, the villain, one of the villains from a comic book movie here any day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Anyways, why don't you introduce us to this week's podcast topics? Oh, yeah, this uh, podcast topic uh, came up because I've run into so many people in the past year. Uh, a lot of my married friends and even people that I just run into that talk about their their marriage. And, and a lot of this we'll talk, we'll get into later, but the title is Sex, Love, Respect, and Validation. And the respect and validation, I think I sent you over a clip because I, I never really listened to Andrew Tate before, but he's just like bombastic dude on the internet i would almost say flamboyant okay just flamboyant flamboyant with his fucking shades inside uh, at night or i have a hard time taking that seriously but i get it like he's creating a personality yeah but he's talking about relationships you know he's got some really like extreme views on relationships i was like oh wow between that and what i recently i mean it was like two days ago you know a buddy of mine's telling me about you know a sexless marriage and I'm like, wow, you know, that's a, there's a lot of information out there. On it, so why not, why not kick it off? Because I, it's, there's so many guys locally that are in that situation right now. So I could imagine, I mean, how many uh, listeners we have that maybe are in that situation. It's real, real fucking hard to have any sort of influential conversation with these guys. Because I have a friend, same thing. Because part of it is that they would like to improve their sex life and their relationship, right? Yeah. But part of it is a relationship is a two-way street. And if you're the only one that wants to change something, it's real fucking hard to change it. Yeah. That's that's a huge problem. But why doesn't she want it? I think that there's a million different reasons, right? But we can sort of speculate of why your spouse is not really interested in sex anymore. Part of it, I think, is probably a little bit of her internal psychology, right? She's maybe doesn't feel sexy. She's not interested in sex. Maybe she's unhealthy and her hormones are jacked up, right? Because if you're unhealthy, like, here, here... Here's a perfect example for, for gentlemen on how powerful your hormones are. Post-nut syndrome. Right? Post-nut syndrome. You know what post-nut syndrome is? Where all of a sudden reality comes to your mind. And all yes. And you're like, oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. Literally 30 seconds after you dump <laughs> a load and your mind is completely different than it was five minutes ago. It's like you're a different human being. Like, every single marriage... There should be a post-nut syndrome pre-marriage. I don't care if you're fucking religious and you don't want to have sex. There should be a post-nut syndrome check 
before you get married <laughs> where you fucking nut you're with this woman and you god you're in love with her and she's amazing and you want to have everything to do with her and you should just dump a load right there and then she should look at you and go what do you think about me and you should be dead honest with her in that moment and that would fix a lot of the fucking problems that we have today <laughs> the post nut syndrome because that is i'm using that you know hypothetically haha it's funny right, right? But I'm using that for you because that's something that men go through. We know that that drastic difference in man A, five minutes before dropping a load, and man B, 30 seconds after dropping a load, those are two different human beings, (laughs) right? Yeah. So if your wife's hormones are completely fucked up because she's an unhealthy person, she, she she is person B. Yeah. She does not have a sex drive. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, it's... But you can't look at her and say, we need to have more sex. You need to want to fuck me more. But is it because the woman doesn't have a sex drive or not? I think the woman is primed, I think there's a, hundred primed different, a different way. I think there's a hundred different, there's a hundred different reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I look back and the post-nut syndrome, I mean, if you're young and in your twenties, you're single. I mean, I used to bounce at a club when I was uh, in, gosh, up to maybe my early, early, early thirties, late twenties. And you would see how this plays out, right? So when you bounce, a lot of times, unless you're moving alcohol or something, you're standing there watching what's happening. It was a club where there was a dance floor and everything. And it was like a, it was like an orchestra. You got the males, you got the females. You got the males basically is the testosterone that's flowing and they're pre, pre nut right now. And they're just like, they're, they want to get something before two o'clock. They, they, don't, they don't want to be the last ones out, right? And you see this, like, mating ritual, like penguins. And then eventually, you know, they'll, they'll rub up and, you know, whatever, dry hump somebody on the, on the dance floor. Boom, they leave. And they leave. They leave. Pretty soon you're, the dance floor minimizes to these people that are in seven, eight beers in. And everybody's starting to look good at that time. And then they leave, right? And then the stories you hear the next day. That's the post nut syndrome then that you're you're talking about. Is all of a sudden there's all this regret, and sometimes worse. Well, I mean that regret right there causes a large percentage of false rape crimes. Yes. Right. Because rape is yes. real. I get it. I 100 percent like people get raped, but there's a lot of fucking false rape claims. Yeah. Like I will tell you that I do not know, and and I know a lot more men than I know women. But I don't know any women that have been raped, and I know two men that have had to go to court, and it finally came out that it was false rape. Yes. I had a a college roommate that ended up dropping out of college because of that, because it was consensual, but unfortunately, they were were both drinking. They both got together, and next thing you know, I mean, this was when I was in a dorm, and the police were knocking at four in the morning, and boom, hauls ass out. Yep. And he went through a lot of shit. Yep. Ended up dropping out of school, messed with his head, and boom, he was done. Um, I mean, he was cleared yeah. eventually. Yeah, and she doesn't so, serve any repercussions right. for that. But he went through a lot of shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, gosh, man, I don't know. But what is sex, right? Like, what is sex? It is a connection that ends up releasing positive hormones in your body, right? That's really what sex is. Well, it's procreation. Sex, the reason that we are so drawn to sex is because of procreation, right? Right. Through evolution, 
that's the most powerful switch, right? We have switches. The reason that we want to eat fucking fatty foods is because that's an evolutionary switch, right? Because right. for 100,000 years, we would have been generally living in a starvation state and then gorging at, sh- at certain times when we took down a kill, stuff like that. But it's chemical. It's chemical. So it's feeling is chemical. So what is the difference then between an oxytocin and dopamine? Oxytocin is a chemical that creates a bond versus dopamine is a chemical that creates well, I'm going to use the word happy I'm going to use the word happiness but it's not really the right word it's an elevated state right that we kind of but it's it, temporary it's temporary where oxytocin is oxytocin has a bond creating capability um now there's a certain amount of people that oxytocin does not create the same bond there's a certain amount of people that have different genetics where the oxytocin is is closer to dopamine than it is closer to a, a love hormone, basically. But like the oxytocin is actually comes from the cuddling, the, the, the physical touch, the um, a lot of the post sex stuff, um, not necessarily the actual sex. Whereas sex is a weird thing, right? Because we can look at it as the hormone release. But also so much more comes into sex. Sex is a sex is a validation technique. Sex is a uh, an ego boost, right? Sex is a How was that? How is sex an ego boost? How is that a validation technique and an ego boost? Oh, when you want to be the good performer. You want to be the best lover. You want to, you know, you want her to get off before you get off. You want to be the performance you want to be the guy that can lift the most in the gym and you want to be the guy that can give her the best orgasms hmm wouldn't you want to just give that because it's a two-way communication Ooh, is it it is but i think that that also has a it has an ego boosting portion it does yeah i don't know man I mean, okay, remember we talked about the uh, five love languages? Yep. And there's the, what, acts of service? Yep. So if you, you know, get your lady off like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve times, isn't that kind of like a giving? You get a satisfaction from giving. What is that satisfaction? Well, satisfaction knowing that you're just not... Dropping in the, you know, pop a nut. The ego is coming. The ego is coming into play as to why you are getting satisfaction from that. Because it's like giving somebody a present. Oh, hey. You give a present because it makes you feel good. Well, because you want to give that person. Yep. Yeah. But there's a selfish. There's a selfishness in giving. Unless uh, it's completely anonymous. Even when it's completely anonymous, there's a selfishness that that is in giving. It's good. It's beneficial. It it is great. Don't get me wrong. I would say, but there's a there's a positive internal feeling that you get from giving. Yeah, I would say that it's like a positive. It's almost like a. I mean, it's not like the angel tree, where you're you know, anonymously giving a shoebox full of presents to some kid that you you'll never see. Yeah, but even that, even that has a has a selfish How portion to it. It has a selfish portion to it because you're doing it because you get a positive internal beneficial feeling from doing it. Not because anybody's telling you that it's good, but because you get hmm. an internal benefit from it. I don't know about that. We're going to have to look in. Because well, well, I've been, you know, prepping my kid because every year we do this mm-hmm. angel tree mm-hmm. thing and we get a, a one or two shoe boxes. But I always tell them it's, 
it's the right thing to do. And and I don't think that at that age, I don't think that I think that this conversation is for people that are are your and I level where we we can understand the nuances. I don't think I would ever try to tell my explain to my kid why giving has a selfish aspect to it because I don't think I think it's selfish, bro. I, I think it's too much. I think it's too it's too nuanced. But you are giving because you're getting an internal beneficial feeling from it. I don't know. I'm going to have to like analyze it as I do it this year. Does it make you feel good to give? I don't know. If I mean, if I had a choice, I'd just be a lazy slag and save the, you know, 40 to 80 bucks. But, it, but, but you, but you get a good feeling from giving. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, Hey, it's, yep. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it for my self benefit. There's a little bit in it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to dig into that. Anyway. Anyway. So, so I'm going back to, you know, defining sex. Uh, I mean, the way the, the data that I got is that researchers estimate that 10 to 20% of married couples are completely sex. And, you know, I understand. I mean, it's rare for two people to have matching sex drive. Obviously. It's like you said, right? But. Oh, but it, sex contributes to intimacy, orgasms, release of oxytocin, the feel-good bonding hormone in the body. Right. So with sex, it's interesting, right? Because we're on a cycle, and and women are on a cycle, um, and we're all in different seasons of our lives, right? Like if you're 25 to 27 and you're a male, you are at your at the highest sex drive you'll ever have. Yeah. If you are. 35, 32, 33, 34, 35, somewhere in there, and you're a female, then you're at the highest sex drive you'll ever have. Yeah. So you have to kind of think about that. But then not only does the time in your life change where you are at, the time of the month changes where you're at. Women are most horny about when they're ovulating, right? So when they're about... 12 to seven days before their period is what if, when what if, they, what if they're on birth control and they don't have it? Uh, there's generally still a cyclical, um, there's still a cycle there. And I don't know every birth control is different how it works. So I can't say like this one is like this and this one is like this. I don't know. That's information. I don't, I, I don't have, Yeah. but there is generally, if they still have a period, there's still a cyclical, thing that's happening so there's cyclical pms that's why in there that's why in the birth control pill packet there's like five or seven white pills those are like those are sugar pills you 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 just keep taking them so you don't lose the habit of taking them but there's no hormones in those pills oh yeah um but so So what's the male cycle dude if you what what's the male monthly cycle so the male doesn't have a monthly cycle the male has kind of a build-up cycle Right. So like a day after blowing a load, you're not as horny as three days after blowing a load. And it also depends on what you're doing with your body. Like when I am not demolishing my body at the gym in some big growth cycle or some heavy workout cycle, I am unbearable because I I want it every day. But your test level. High from but 
Yeah, because w- when you are constantly tearing down your body, your hormones are generally lower than when your body is fully recovered, right? So if you're constantly tearing down your body and you are, let's say you're in a calorie deficit, yeah. my horniness completely different than when I'm in a calorie surplus. So like, these are all technical hormonal things, but you have to think about these things, right? Like hmm. I have a friend that lost a ton of weight because he was in a calorie deficit for so long, but he's like, I don't even feel like jerking off anymore. And he's in a sexless marriage. He's like, I don't even feel like jerking off anymore. I don't even care. And the reason yeah. that is, is because he's in a calorie deficit. So his body does not have the extra fuel to create a surplus of hormones. It's basically creating enough to keep him alive, keep him fine, keep him okay, keep him moderately, you know, active, but it's not wow. creating enough to actually spike his hormones to a level where he's like, you know, really want me. Right. Damn. Maybe the dude should supplement some Threstus. Well, but he's in a sexless marriage, so it might even be better no, that he doesn't want probably. to. Probably. Never mind. Right? Gosh. But we need to think of all these things when we're talking about sex, and we got a lot more to get into than just sex. But right. first of all, like, what are you doing to make your spouse want to have sex with you? Because this isn't like we're married, you have to have sex with me. Right. Like, you still should be courting. You should be, you should be, you know, eliciting her hormones throughout the day you should be texting her cute things you should be whatever you did to get in her pants 20 years ago like you still have to do those things yeah you don't just get to expect sex because you're you like you're probably not the fucking dude you were 20 years ago yeah like i heard a i I saw a ron white bit and he's like i'm great at sex i come every time i'm like four thousand percent my wife she's only a third as good as me. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, one day I looked at her. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, well, first of all, there's a fat sweaty guy on top of me. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Like maybe she doesn't want to fuck you because of who you are. Yeah. Maybe you need to work on that. And we'll get to that when we get to the respect portion. Yeah. So self, that's self-respect right there. Well, and respect, right? Like respect comes from, from being earned. Like, when I respect people, I respect people because of what they do, what they know, what they've accomplished, what they've gone through, the shit that they've put up with. Yeah. I don't, you don't just get unlimited respect from me for, for your fucking position at work. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's true, man. I mean, uh, there's so many, so much to unpack on this. It's just like, man, I mean, in a relationship, it's, I put down sex to go by the wayside when you're not feeling loved and appreciated which can roll into the validation and respect portion. So is that where we want to roll? Into validation and respect? Love, and val- love versus validation. Oh, I have respect versus validation, but you can roll into love versus validation, and I'll chime, I'll chime in with my... Oh, so validation, right? So validation is defined as the need of constant praise, craving praise and compliments. Uh, number two is the old constant communication is if your spouse doesn't text you in the time frame that you automatically assume there's a problem. So there's some insecurity into that level. Or focus on, third is focus on saying or doing anything that will make your partner happy. So kind of the, when people start dating, what, what do they do? They're interested in whatever you're interested in. And it's that scary portion where 
wow, when we're dating, uh, yeah, she was just like, just like this. She was just amazing. We had everything in common. And all of a sudden you get married. It's like, now we have nothing in common. Oh, she really didn't like football. I don't see that. You've talked about this before. I don't see this as much. You don't? But it might be, no, but it might be because my wife and I are very honest with each other and we don't have a lot of the same interests and we know it and yeah. we've never like faked it. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it and there's a lot now. There's more now than ever. And you know why? Because of the stupid ass dating apps. These people create this person online. That, so they're faking what they're interested they in to get, to get more people. attention. Right. So if you want instead the, of being honest yeah. about what they're interested about so that you honestly find someone else that has a lot of the same interests as oh, you yeah. because you're honest because they have this idea of thinking well this is what they want right so it's kind of like uh in high school when when guys and gals dated what what did the gal do if the gal wanted the jock she's gonna act like she likes sports right maybe she does like sports <laughs> I don't know. This is that's, I I get what you're I get what you're saying. I just don't see this as much. But I also I'm yeah. There's there's a lot of like my I keep buddies, my head uh, down pretty fucking tight. Yeah, I, I don't want to cut sale. Yeah, buddies, no, 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 yeah. There's a lot of them that basically are, you know, they'll get in marriage. Like, wow, when we we're dating, she liked this, this, and this, and all of a sudden we got married, and she never really liked those things. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, because she liked those when we we're dating, so that she could get me, and now. That she has me, she doesn't care. But like, fuck, man, do some stuff that your wife likes to do. Like, I do shit that I don't like to do, but I do it because I'm doing it with her. Right. You know, I'm not just like, oh, well, this is all I do. I'm a big fucking douchebag prick. Like, I'm going to go do my thing. You do your thing. Shit. But that's post-marriage communication. That's two-way communication where like, hey, you know what? You're going to compromise. You're going to give and take. But a lot of times there's, there's some insecurity in that dating where the person that's insecure We'll do everything. To you guys got to get better at reading fucking people. God damn, you guys got to hey, get there's, better there's, at seeing through the bullshit. There's, there's some people that are just you really good actors. You got to be able to see through the bullshit. There's some people gotta that are be just able to really see good actors. I know man. we've talked about some specific people that we know that are impossible at seeing through people's bullshit. Like, they just kind of, they, they all oh, of a yeah. sudden tell us about, oh, hey, look at my friend over here. And you're like, that person's a fucking douchebag. I can tell. Oh, yeah. Like, without even, I can read them like a book. They're yeah. a twat. Yeah, well, even because we have a, you know, a common, we, we know a common person that basically talked about this other common person that I would expect that I would know because it's part of my community. Yeah, but we see it all over, though. Like, you're telling me about, we you have a friend, and I know him, too, who has zero ability to read these fucking bitches that he's with. Like, you can... You can tell me about these girls and I can tell you that they're fucking nuts. Yeah. I never even need to meet them. So yeah. he's just so oblivious. Yeah. Just like blinders over his eyes. Like, no, I just want to do it. I just want to blind with a tight butt. I just want to touch her butt and have her tell me what she likes. Yeah, it's just the emotion. Fuck. The people emotion are overwhelms the logic. And like I said, I mean, I got into a, <laughs> a second marriage that was not good that. All of a sudden, it was like pre-marriage. All of a sudden, everything was one way. Post-marriage, everything was completely different. How long was this courtship? Mm, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, a couple years. Did you look at her family prior and go, oh, this is what she knows. This is what she's going to... Well, going back, the lesson that I learned is is you, you can't 
just overlook things because you're like, ah, I can deal with it. I can adapt. I think I've gotten to a point where it's so like. So you were in that point where you were blindering it up. Yes. Okay. And I'll explain that blinder is, yeah, there, there's a point where sometimes that emotion you think is there and you're like, hey, I'm an adaptable guy. I can just, ah, that's not going to be a problem. Well, well, guess what I've learned is if, if there's a red flag or even if you don't think it's a red flag, if there's something you're like, eh, I'm not it's sure. It's like a slightly like orange yellow flag. Exactly. Let's put it that way. <laughs> then you need to take that, multiply that by 100. And then say, hey, can I live with that? And that's what I've learned is that, oh, you know what? I'm going to take the orangey yellow flag, multiply that times 100. Uh, no, I don't need that. Not now. So where I have validation, I, I have validation pegged as this false respect. That's where I have validation, right? So men, we want to be respected. We want people to ask us for help. We want people to come to us. We want people to look up to us. We're, we are at our roots, at our genetic basis, we are protectors and providers, right? Yeah. So if you're a protector and a provider and no one looks to you for those things because A, you're piss poor at it because you've never worked on developing yourself into a fucking formidable human being, right? So you have this, this round hole of respect. Right. And you're trying to fill this round hole of respect. Well, fuck, I could actually spend years at making myself into this fucking formidable human being. Right. Jordan, Jordan Peterson calls it the monster. Right. You yeah. have to be you have to be a monster that has it under control. Right. And if, if you are not working on becoming this fucking intelligent, smart, strong, hardworking individual, you're going to take this round hole and you're going to try to shove a bunch of fucking square pegs in that round hole. And those square pegs are watches and jewelry and fucking coats and, and cars and houses and all this shit that make people idiots. Only idiots fall for this shit. But they look at you and go, oh, I'm going to respect him for two fucking seconds. Right? right? And you're shoving the hole full of these fucking square pegs. And that's what so many of these men are doing. Right? Like the best this and the fastest computer and the newest iPhone. And the fucking best shoes and the matching jacket and the fucking car and the house and the fucking fake titted blonde wife that's a fucking idiot, right? And you're trying to build all this fucking, this, this validation. You're trying to get validated. Right. Whereas if you ignored validation and really just worked on building yourself up as a formidable individual, respect comes. Respect comes to those people who have fucking earned it through trials and tribulation and fucking work, yeah. work hours and hours and hours of work, whether it means right. The, it Getting squared away. That's what this is about. Hours and hours of work on that mental pillar, that physical pillar, that emotional pillar, that spiritual pillar, working on those to grow you as a fucking human being. And then all of a sudden you look around and go, holy shit, there's a lot of people that respect me. Yeah. But I didn't do it for the respect. I did it to become a formidable motherfucker. Yeah. But I mean, what you're saying is you don't need to advertise any of that. Because what you do should be so evident that other people know that and respect that. But when people get into materialism, um, you know, body image and everything else that's all surface, everything that you just brought up that we try to throw those square pegs in that round hole, 
all that is is that's false advertising. And if you just keep doing that, guess what? You're going to start losing your identity. At some point, you're not even going to know who you are because none of that stuff sticks. None of that stuff, when the shit hits the fan, is going to make a, a hell of a difference. So, yeah, stop the stop the advertising and just focus on, guess what? Being, like Jordan Peterson was talking about, being the monster. And you go back to talking about, you know, being a protector and a provider, right? So in a marriage, and this is a, well, the one clip I think I sent you about that I heard from Albert or what Andrew Tate. Yeah. And he was just talking about, you know, and I look back at, at my last marriages. Is, no, this is the woman you sent me. I know where you're going with this. Sorry to interrupt, but this is the woman that was oh. talking about this. Oh, this about is being, great. Yeah. Being a protector and provider. And, and I think for some men, it's like, hey, you know what? It's you don't need to compliment beyond like whatever car, watches, jewelry, whatever, looks, whatever. Just be appreciative of the fact that, you know, I am a protector and a provider for you. And and that's usually, that's enough respect. That's respect and love right there. Um, And I think that's, uh, that's something I learned. It's just, uh, I didn't have, it wasn't a baseline in, in my last marriage and it just snowballed right away. It's you a think, huge job. Do you think love is finite? Love is finite. Do you think that love is like you have love for one for one person, like right, like love, love, not like family love, not friend love, but like romantic love, and you have love for that one person. And if you were to start to get romantic love for another person, that it depletes from that love from that person. I would think I would. I don't know. No, no, I would think it would. Because, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a weird thing because love, love, I think, is this is this unlimited possibility. When you start to think about having love, romantic love for two people, right? Like if you put yourself in the shoes of one of the people, what really scares you about your spouse having romantic love for another person? It's the fear of loss. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the fear of, of losing that person that you have because she loves someone else. But. Why do we fear that? Do we fear that because we have any sort of basis to build that off of? Because we don't. Right. Yeah. This is the a, idea of like a, po- a polyamory, like an open, like an open love, free love, right? The seventies. No, because Mormons have multiple wives, but the wives don't have multiple husbands. This would be like a polyamorous community or a polyamorous relationship where like it's it, you, you love multiple people. Yeah, I just, it's hard for me to picture that. I, I agree 100%. Like, I just, I was trying to think of, like, you have to put yourself in the other, in the other shoes. Because I can put myself in the, in the shoes of the person loving multiple people. But, like, when I put myself in, in, the, in the shoes of the person that is, is being loved while someone else is being loved, right? Like, time is finite. You only have so much time. But time isn't love. Right. Yeah, that's a, wow, that's a weird question, wasn't it? for that because i just can't picture that yeah it's an it's a really interesting thing to contemplate not necessarily and i don't i don't think there's a really a right answer i think that everybody's probably a little different but like when you think about the fear of of your spouse loving someone else let's say that's the same sex as you right so your wife loves loves and has love for another man right has romantic love for another man when you think about that you don't fear the love you fear the loss is she yeah. going to leave because she has love for somebody else? 
but she has love for you too. It's a fucking weird, it's a weird place yeah. to put your head. That's a horrible way to have a relationship though. Well, look at you judging from the outside. You got no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah, I've been in two marriages, so it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird a place weird to be because I, I, like, I love, I love all my kids. Yeah. Right. I love all my friends. Why is, why is spousal love the only one that's, that's finite and singular? Is it because of our evolution through partner bonding? Well, there's, for so long, there's a high level of intimacy that is just between your spouse and yourself that is not shared with anyone else. So if that level of intimacy is all of a sudden you add another person in there, then it gets a little, that's a little murky. Then is it Why? a loss? It's Why? just. Why is it murky? Yeah, because there's a level of sacredness to it that now is. Uh, sacredness. What does that mean? It's sacred. It's it's cherished. It's a bond between you two that there's, you know, fifty to seventy percent that nobody else shares or you know or sees that you both do. It's a two way that communication that you communicate in a certain way that you don't communicate with your buddies, you don't communicate with the people on the street, but all of a sudden you add another person that shares that level. I don't know. I just I can't picture that because the. Yeah, I think uh, as humans, the person that we procreate with or that we're very intimate with is the person that we share all our thoughts, that we're comfortable with that, share all our communication, and uh, and share that intimacy level. That's it. But if you had those benefits in multiple people, I don't know. I'm just, I just, it's, it's a weird place to put your mind, but when you actually, if you try to think of it from an, from it's an like outside point of view, view. Oh yeah, it's totally, it's, it's super culty, right? It's like, everybody be locked love. in this tent together yeah, and, you know, free know. loving each other. Sounds like Woodstock. Right? So we got, we, we kind of covered respect. We definitely covered post-nut syndrome and sex. Speaking of love. Yes. So, with love, so I'm going to go into, you know, my version here because it just so happens that, you know, I always uh, go over verses with my kid. You know, we don't go to private school, so usually uh, my kid and I will, you know, watch church on Sundays together. Did everybody get that jab in my side? <laughs> if, 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 you guys didn't, if you guys didn't get the poke, I we don't go, go to private school, school. bud. Um, so, you know, we, we go over some verses together. So one of the verses that we're going through right now is... Uh, Actually about love, which is ironic. So First Corinthians 13, 4 to 5 is always talking about, okay, this is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way or self-seeking is some other uh, versions. It is not irritable or resentful or some versions say easily angered. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices in the truth. It doesn't dishonor others. Oh, here it goes. Verse 5 is not self-seeking or easily angered and keeps no record of wrong. So that's what him and I have been going through. And a lot of times if I'm, I'm looking at, okay, if you love somebody, a lot of those characteristics are there. I think that you should have those characteristics for everybody in your life. There's not a thing on there that, like, separates love. I guess that's that's love. That's human love. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a loving person would have those quality yeah. traits, obviously. Yeah. But easier said than done. A lot of people don't have those traits. A lot of people are cunts. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of self-seeking people. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of people that are very easily irritable, easily angered. Just got to drive down the next block here. I think that, the yeah, whatever. We don't even need to get into that. <laughs> there's There's a lot of people that are easily angered because they're idiots. Yeah. And the minute that you question anything that because they can't actually hold any of their values um with any sort of backing because their values are so hollow. They have no reason, they have no no structure to their their value structure. It's literally like they have they're hollow. They're hollow people. Yeah. So the minute that you question anything that they think of or say, it 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 demeans them. It hurts them. Yeah. It emotionally damages them because they are they take it as you're 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 punishing them when really you're just questioning why they think a certain thing yeah there's a lot of that unfortunately and some of that might be the leads to some of my buddies and their sexless marriages or some that aren't sexless but have like conjugal visits yeah i don't with a weekly conjugal visit a weekly conjugal visit right like it's scheduled yes how awful no thanks yeah I only want to have sex with somebody that wants to fucking have sex. I would never be able to pay a whore. But to me, like ever to to me that like, I don't even like strip clubs because you're literally paying for somebody to like dance on you. Like, no. Yeah. You're paying for the attention. No, fuck that. You're not getting anything genuine, you know? Yeah. I always tell people that I was like, I don't understand that concept. Why am I paying money to get attention from somebody else? I don't get it, but some people like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I have a friend that has conjugal visits, and to me, it's like it's almost narcissistic on the other side. Then, I mean, how narcissistic can you be to hold somebody be like, "Oh, okay, well, if we do it, we're gonna do it on just this one night a week, if I feel like." Yeah, that's an interesting place to be because it takes out any emotion from it when it's scheduled. Oh yeah, but there's I no think, emotional connection. It's literally just a physical, like it's jerking off with her vagina. But a lot of right, like that's what yeah. it is. But I think a lot of women are using that as a first control off, mechanism. First off, my first question to these men is, and I asked this question to my friend, and it's fine, it's good. Is does your wife orgasm? Does she orgasm? Yes, I asked that question, and that would be yes. But the problem is after they get that initial orgasm, then it's get the job done. Just get it done. <sighs> Damn, you're, you're missing out. You can go six to 20 times. Not all women can do that, Martin. I don't know about that. No, they can't. I promise. Trust me. I've There's potential. Very, very well-versed. The feminine body is, it has different levels some have a lot of small orgasms. Some have one giant orgasm, can maybe get to two or three, but just can't actually have more than that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I believe. Well, that's good. That's good. You <laughs> probably also believe in squirting, which is just pee. <laughs> that's just piss. Yep, 100%. Just piss. Man, that really hurts people's feelings when you tell them that. Uncontrolled piss. Yep. Woo. Dang. Yep. Nasty. A little weird. Better make sure they're hydrated. A little weird. Like a clear. Fuck. 
<laughs> Where did this go? I don't this know. Went down the gutter. So anyway, getting back to, getting back to love. I mean, it goes back to me as goes back to our little conversation about intimacy with that one person. You know, to me, my my words are: there's a lot to be said about being aligned or squared away together. It means that you're spiritually aligned, you're mentally aligned, physically aligned, and emotionally aligned. So. I got it as, you know, spiritually, it's your values and beliefs. You got the same core values and beliefs. It sure helps a lot of situations, especially when shit hits a fan, right? Um, Mentally, be with somebody that has a growth mindset versus a small mindset. There's a lot, hell of a lot more mental bonding there. Um, Let's see. uh, uh, I wrote down understanding that there's a difference between being a different person or a better person? Because a lot of times when people say, well, you just want to change me. Well, I'm not trying to change you. I just want to make you the best version of yourself. We're supposed to be in a relationship that challenges each other to be better people. You Why don't to- you love me for who I am? You're supposed to love me for who I am. You're not supposed <laughs> to want me to be somebody different. Yeah, you're not asking to be a different person. No, it's- you're supposed to love me how I am right now. If I want to change, it's for me, yeah, not for and, you. And that's loving the person. But I don't want to change right now. But it's not changing. It's just growing. I don't want to grow right now. I like me how I am right now. Oh, that's a tough one. Maybe the fucking problem is with long-term marriage as a structure. What's that mean? The people that are in these sexless marriages probably just shouldn't be together. They probably just shouldn't. They're probably a bad match. They're probably a bad pair bond. Damn. Would not make a lot of money. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) But I'm being, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but I'm also being partially serious. Long-term marriage, I think, is a faulty structure in today's society. I think that 100 years ago, when there was no um, ability for people to be individually um, not successful. That's not the right word I'm looking for, but could, to live individually. Right. All right. I think that then marriage made sense because she gave you her youth and you took care of her when she got old. Right. Because she stayed home and took care of the kids. It was a contract. It was a contract. You give me your best years and I'll take care of you. I'll make sure that you're that you're safe and can live through your hardest years, right? When you get mm-hmm. old. And that isn't usually the case anymore. Most people are in two working households. Um I think marriage is great for kids. I think that having I think that all the studies show that a two-parent household outperforms a one-parent household. Yeah. Over and over, right? So I think that marriage is really important for kids. But I think that in the world that we live in today, now, the way that the way that everything is so possible for you to live on your own and whether you're a woman or a man, I think that staying together just because you're married is kind of bullshit. But it takes work. Obviously, you know, it's a it's it's this scale, right? Partially. 
but I can only fucking water so much if I'm in one of these relationships that we're talking about. Right. I can't fucking water your grass on your side of the, of the fence. Right. So if you look at the scale, if we have, if we, I'm, I'm holding up a, a circle, right. And this scale is, is 360 degrees of human connection. Right. So let's yeah. say this is 360 degrees of human connection. <laughs> if you're on one side of this circle and she's on the other side of this circle, no amount of work is going to get you on the same fucking page. Right. Right. And but that's your fuck up from the beginning. Yeah. But at some point in time, we have to admit we fucked up. Right. And that's but, the growth mindset versus the. And here's where here's where the work you're talking about. Right. This, this is no right answer. This is there are, there are right answers and wrong answers that make up a life. If you're 10, 10 degrees away, you're here and she's here, then work can get you on the same page. Does that make sense? Right. But if you're both in that growth mindset willing to say, hey. I'm willing to grow. I can move this much myself. Yeah. If I'm 10 degrees away on this circle, if you're picturing a circle chart, if she doesn't want to move, she's not a, a growth minded person, but I'm only 10 degrees away from her in connection. I can move 10 degrees. Right. I can do that. But if we're 180 degrees away and I'm growth minded and you're not, or fuck 180 oh, degrees away yeah. and we're both fixed mindset people, then you're foobar. we're foobar. Yeah. We're having conjugal visits or having sex twice a year. Right. We're in it just for the kids. Whew. Yeah, that's brutal. Fuck, man. I, can you imagine? Can you imagine waking up every day next to somebody and looking at them going, fuck, I'm literally here just for my kids. Yeah, that would no. be. No, never. Insanely unhappy. Whew. So, I mean, going, here's the next one is, is physical. Oh, fuck. We're still going. Where are we at? We just got past mental. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm going to physical. Okay. Yep. So on the physical part of being aligned, I mean, if you both value health, so it doesn't mean that, you know, your spouse has to be, you know, a bikini mom, right? Because, hey, life happens, right? But are they making a concerted effort? And are, you know, are you making a concerted effort to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I like having her look. Like in this outfit, I don't know, lingerie shit. Well, are you making a concerted effort for yourself? Oh yeah, I mean, are you are, doing it too? Are you the fat beer belly sweaty pig that yeah. <laughs> you know Ron White was talking yeah. about? Or are you taking care of yourself so that yeah, I mean, there's some attraction there. Yeah. So you can't be so fat that you're you know make her want to fuck you half the half the size. Make her want to fuck you. Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's physical. pretty simple. That is super simple. Emotional, I just put at least have a maybe some type of EQ. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that's on there about it too. It's what astute emotional awareness to avoid mistaking infatuation or lust for lasting love. Well, I think there's a lot of people in that category. They're infatuated, yeah. Oh, acceptance to experience emotions that could harm a relationship if left to fester. And vigilant, active awareness to apprise us of what's working and what's not. So, it's basically self-evaluating the relationship, having an emotional IQ that allows you to say, hey, guess what? This isn't working. We're going to try this. So, if I was going to engineer, if I was going to engineer society, right, you wouldn't be able to get married until you're 27. Prefrontal, prefrontal cortex isn't completely developed in females till 25 and males till around 27. So you're not even a real human being that knows the difference between right and wrong. Okay? 
Okay. So you don't get to get married until you're 27. This is based on a study somewhere? If you're on, yeah, that's, this is all scientific. Okay. You're dating prior to getting engaged and you have to be together with her not on birth control for six months. And she gets a walkout clause. She just gets to walk away. You don't get to say a fucking word. If all of a sudden she wakes up one day and she's like, I don't fucking even know if I like this guy. Because have you seen any of the studies with birth control and, and pheromonal attraction? Genetic attraction? You seen these? No. Okay. So they take women on birth control and women off birth control. And they have them smell shirts from men. Bunch of men. And rate them on a attractiveness scale. And then they show pictures of men and have them rate them on an attractiveness scale. Okay? The women who are on birth control have zero correlation between what they are attracted to and the smells of the men that they smelled their shirts. Hmm. So the women off birth control have like an 80% accuracy or something. So now let's take that and extrapolate it out to you're on birth control. You meet a guy. You start a relationship with guy, said guy. You like guy. You have things in common. You love him. Three years later, you get married to said guy, right? You're now a year into your marriage. It's time to think about having babies. So you get off birth control, right? Because we're going to have babies. Six months, eight months, 12 months in, all of a sudden, your, your beacon, your internal attractinometer starts working again because you're on your own hormones, not fake hormones. Attractinometer. You are no longer pheromonally or genetically attracted to this guy. Now you're married to him. Now you're going to have fucking kids. Yeah. Gosh, it sounds so familiar. Like, um, mind pump just had this, uh, talked about the study that the women that were on birth control were attracted to men with low test. Did you hear that one? Yes. That one is that one. That one's also accurate, but I don't think it was necessarily men that were low test. I think that they were, they were attracted to men that on average had lower testosterone. Whereas the women that were off birth control, this is where it actually makes sense. were attracted to men with more testosterone. Whereas the other women were just attracted to traits. Whereas the women that were off birth control. And the thing is, is what women are, 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 are attracted to alters throughout their cycle. Their monthly cycle? Their monthly cycle. Really? Yep. When they're ovulating, they're more attracted to a more masculine, more powerful, um, better protector versus when they are not ovulating, it's generally a little bit less. How the hell does that work? Through evolution, it makes perfect sense. You get impregnated by the fucking big, biggest badass in the tribe, and then you fall in love with your best friend and you guys raise his baby together because for 150,000 years, you had no idea that that sex nine months ago made a baby. Like you didn't, you didn't, the fathers did not know who their kids were. Mothers know exactly who their kids were. If 
fathers raised throughout the tribe raised all the kids. They were fatherly, fatherly mentor figures to all the kids. God, that's some shit, man. I haven't studied that. I know. <laughs> I know. You're your tribal. We're an hour and 12 minutes in. Should we oh, wrap shit. up? <laughs> oh, man. Didn't realize that. Did we get to everything? I don't. I'm sure we did and didn't at the same time. Oh, the only thing that I don't have is a, on my uh, option of respect was not whatever section of respect is lovers respect the internet definition healthy relationship respect looks like talking openly and honestly with each other listening valuing each other's feelings and needs compromising speaking kindly about each other and to each other giving each other space supporting each other's interests hobbies careers building each other up honoring each other's boundaries no matter what and then the only thought that i had was that you know what in our relationships are we just living by default are we living by how we designed it? I think just, a little. I think there's a lot, a little bit of both, for so. a lot of people. It just seems like that the people that are unhappy in these sexist marriages, it seems like they're. It's almost like a default. They just ended up in. But there's a lot of people stuff. that are. There's a lot of. There's a lot of people that are unhappy about a lot of aspects of their life because it's just how it is, and it's and it's too hard to change it. Is it too hard? It is, is it fucking hard. hard. No, it's fucking hard. It is hard. Don't get me wrong. It is fucking hard. You live here, your family's here, you fucking hate being here. You're a let's say you're a you're an ocean guy. You yeah. live in the middle of Wisconsin. You you're gonna to move me? your entire fucking family. <laughs> you're gonna move your entire family to the ocean. Man, it would be fucking awesome, but that's yeah, hard. In about a decade. Right? Right. But think if you would have done it twenty years ago. Right. Would have been fucking hard, but it would have been awesome. Right. Man. And I'm still security, here. right? Security of 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 healthcare, security of income. Man. I'm going to move my family, not have any health care for my fucking kids, not have any health care for me. Man, that's a risk. Yeah. But what if I did it? Could be awesome. Could be scary as fuck. But by design, I chose to have kids. Yep. So. And that's our, and that, and, and as fathers, as real fathers, right? Not like shit fathers, but as real fathers, like that's top on our value scale right now or priority scale right, right now. And so we make sacrifices. So yeah. that's what we do. Damn. That's a wrap. Make That's your wife want to fuck you. Peace. Get squared away. Whoa.